everybody, and welcome to another episode of Transistor Radio, a story this far podcast that's broadcasting everything trans. I'm Transistor Aaron. And I'm your Transistor Athena. And we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> we're having technical difficulties. We're having construction difficulties. It's just a day here at Transistor we, Radio. I think my computer was rebelling because we were saying it sounded like a bird was having sex. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry that your computer isn't into that. It should get a life and join the internet because the internet's into that. <laughs> it's for the you birds. Know it is. Ah, <laughs> I see what you did there. So, no, but for real, if you hear any weird noises, they're repaving the parking lot outside like our apartment. The entire parking after I, I. By the way, I had an interview today. This is unrelated, but when I got back, uh, I watched them tow the entire parking lot uh-huh. <laughs> for like a good few hours with just a coffee and some programming stuff I've been working on, and I was just. Sitting there enjoying my day, watching them load up cars and seeing alarms go. It was weirdly entertaining. <laughs> huh. I mean, they did send out a warning email. They were like, if you park here, you'll be towed. We're yep. going to pave it. Yep. Granted, they said they were going to start on Monday, and it's fucking Tuesday. Well, even I, even if they started on Monday, they did have a completely full lot that nobody cared. <laughs> it would have taken so long to tow. Either way. So what are we talking about today? So our topic today is, is it okay to be a stereotype? Um, when it comes to, to being trans, there's this idea that we can't be a stereotype. We have to like break the bounds and not fall into traditional stereotypes to avoid TERFs and all that stuff. We talked about last episode, TERFs are going to be TERFs. Don't try and please TERFs. But yep. we do want to talk about the idea that there, there are t- stereotypes about trans people. So we're going to talk about those. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to talk about, is it okay to be one of those stereotypes? What's potentially wrong with being a stereotype is there anything wrong with being a stereotype right what should you look out for you know we as trans people are brand new into our chosen gender and so it's it's hard sometimes to know if we're doing the right thing yep and And, that's what we want to talk about today and and stereotypes obviously affect everybody and I, i i feel like as you go further down or as you go onto the LGBT ladder and gain other labels, like you're not just lesbian, but you are a trans lesbian, or you're not just gay, you're a trans gay man, or bisexual even, you add further stereotypes on top of the ones that are already thrown on top of mm-hmm. you, and it can be so hard to manage, and you get so much of that imposter syndrome of, oh, I'm not trans because of X, Y, Z thing, or I'm just being some stereotype, walking, talking, I'm not actually whatever. You know, yeah. and that's that's such a hard thing to deal with. I know lesbians who deal with that, uh, that present masculine, that feel like either they are trans because other people are telling them that you can't be butch and a girl or something stupid like that. And I know tons of people that are just men that are effeminate and they'll, there's that horrible argument that people say, if you're just going to be an effeminate man, why not just transition to be a girl? Which is not usually used as a support of trans people, just so mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's it's, it's a tear down. And so we're, we struggle so much with those things but obviously our perspective is as trans women, so we're going to talk more on that. Uh, so these stereotypes can just really eat away in us and do a lot of harm both to ourselves, to the community, and everything. So let's, let's just get started focusing on that. Well, and real quick, before we move on, I do want to say there's a difference between a stereotype, for those who might be super unfamiliar, but there's a difference between a stereotype and a label, right? I am a trans pansexual woman in a lesbian relationship. 
that is not a stereotype. That is a label. That is yep. how I identify. That's who I am. A stereotype would be because I am a trans woman, I am a super girly girly yep. girl. That would be a stereotype. Mm -hmm. And I, there's lots of people who like labels and dislike labels, and you can be one or the other and not be forced to take stereotypes. I am somebody who loves labels because I like compartmentalizing just parts of my life. It makes it easier to overcome when things get really overwhelming for me to go like, this box is my music stress box. This box is my public dealing with box. And so being able to know what I'm going to have uh, to deal with in which situation, I see that as labeling. Saying that because I am a trans woman, I have to wear makeup. I have to wear this type of shoe. I have to not ever do this. You know, that is that is a harmful stereotype. Mm -hmm. That is not a label I put on myself, first off. And that is not, well, it's not something that's true. Yeah. All right. So with that out of the way, let's dive into our first topic, which is what are some stereotypes of trans people? to look out for. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them, and we're not going to cover all of them, but it's important to give some examples. We did kind of just give some. Well, let's talk about them. And you're going to hear some of the stereotypes we're talking about are going to sound pretty familiar if you listen to our Recognizing Internal Transphobia. Yep. Because oftentimes, the way we internalize transphobia is through these stereotypes. And so it's important to break them down and understand what they are before we talk about, is it okay to be a stereotype? Spoiler alert, you might know my answer. <laughs> yeah. The, I, and I guess I can get started with one that we've talked about so many times before. Yes, but also I do want to say real quick, this is going to depend heavily on what region you're from, what country you're from, who your friends are. Like Stereotypes are very much a, a, a consequence of your society like the society you grew up in and the friends you grew up with it's a different people thing. are going to have it is absolutely a culture thing different cultures are going to have different opinions on who or what does what they'll have different rules of society which is where a lot of these things come from uh which have been dictated through some not so great means in lots of ways uh yeah one of those being which i want to move on just and just move on very quickly from because we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, which is, if you are a trans woman, you must be attracted to men. <laughs> yep, that is a big stereotype, that being trans is inherently to be attracted to men. Yep, it's another way of being what, as society calls just a stere an, an extension of a stereotype, which is the effeminate gay man, yes. which is it's and, all sorts of harmful, and we've talked about it so, so many times. Yeah, and this is where... You can start to see how stereotypes can be really harmful because this stereotype that trans women are inherently straight, which by the way, your lovely co-hosts of this podcast, your podcast hosts are not straight. Nope. Um, sorry. So already we're breaking stereotypes and bounds on this show. Like wet um, spaghetti over here. Just, <laughs> but what this stereotype, um, gives, essentially TERFs and other people ammunition against trans people. And you can see how this can be dangerous on both sides. On the side of anti-trans people, it allows them to say, well, you're not really a trans person, you're just a confused gay person. You're a predatory male, whatever, in yeah. a woman's space, and it's not... Yeah, which there's yeah. a four-letter word that starts with T that is used to refer to that, which is a horrible, horrible word that we're not going to reference. Nope. 
Um, but you can find it on pretty much every porn site ever. And um, pretty much every Reddit thread ever that is not in a trans-friendly subreddit. Yes. And what's what matters here is that from an anti-trans perspective, this stereotype can be thrown against us to say like, oh, well, again, you're just a confused gay person. But mm-hmm. from a trans side of things, this stereotype may lead to, as we discussed in the past, people to repress themselves. It might lead to you saying, well, I'm not attracted to men, therefore I can't be a trans person. We yep. discussed that at length in, in episode 35, so again, mm-hmm. we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. But it is important to know that these stereotypes can affect people on both sides. It's not just a way to harm a trans person through throwing ammunition at them. It's also a way for trans people to accidentally repress themselves if they've internalized yep. these stereotypes. And it's because of those stereotypes that, you know, people like myself who have that issue of being trans and lesbian and that first off never hearing of that being a reality but also trying to see if that reality is true and then using that like you said to deny it of exploring sexuality for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. uh, which is not good yep <laughs> so, shocker yep um so here's another one uh which we also discussed earlier which are trans women are really effeminate Yep. That is another stereotype. They must which, be, or the stereotype being that you absolutely have to be uh, the picture-perfect Victoria's Secret runway model wearing clothes style and all that. You have to have high heels, your work shoes can't be flats, and your hair has to be done in such and such way, and no. <laughs> yeah. Just all the no. Yep. And what's interesting about this stereotype is, again, it's harmful on both sides, but it's harmful in multiple ways. Um, So this stereotype is harmful to trans people because it often makes some trans women, myself included, feel like if they aren't effeminate enough, they're pretending or they're not going to pass. That imposter syndrome. Yep. Yeah. It's a really big fuel for imposter syndrome. It's a really big fuel for dysphoria if you feel like you aren't doing enough to pass. Um, It's a a major deal from the perspective of you might think, well, I don't like wearing dresses or I don't want to wear high heels or I don't want to wear makeup and therefore I might not be trans, going back to that whole repression thing. But then on the other side, it's also a way for people to throw ammunition at us. Again, like going along with that line, right? Like tourists can say, oh, well, you're trying too hard. You're faking it. You know, you're putting on too much makeup. You're you're not a real woman because you wear so much stuff. Or the alternative which is they might say, well, you're not putting on enough makeup, so you're not a real woman. You're not putting on... Or it you know, looks bad, or yeah. it's... And, I mean, first off, if you're dealing with that, do you know how many cis women get that same shit talk of your whatever looks bad? Yep. <laughs> and that's just... Um, I am... I, I know so many cis women, and I can name, like, maybe three with my... Uh, with just a small circle of friends included in that that actually like makeup mm-hmm. and there are cis women who feel they have to put it on because of that stereotype of if you don't have makeup you are not um seen as feminine and so they subject themselves to trying to put that on for their work even when they fucking hate it because yeah. of that same stereotype yeah so first off going back to to, to what i was saying real mm-hmm. quick um the summary of the whole how TERFs can use this against you. The summary is TERFs are assholes and they're <laughs> going to use it either direction, regardless. Yeah. Um, but again, like these stereotypes, and, and we won't spend a, a ton of time on, on much more on stereotypes being harmful in one way or the other because it's obvious how stereotypes are harmful. But it's important to discuss that stereotypes can potentially 
be the cause of an alarm. <laughs> Give you Thank you, phone, for reminding me that it's hormones. Give you cause to alarm. Next, though, I do still want to talk about a few more stereotypes that pop up. Um, so another stereotype is, and this is a, a one that you might have heard of, is that trans men don't exist. Oh my god, yes. This is an enormous <laughs> stereotype. And it's largely fueled by the fact that trans community seems to largely just skew in population towards trans women. And there are, are many potential reasons why that could be the case, which we're not going to get into here because I don't know nearly enough about the topic <laughs> to discuss it. So this can be problematic for trans communities because it can often lead to, and in fact, I, I have experience about this, and so do you, Aaron. We used to run a Discord server, and we would often get feedback that trans men felt they couldn't communicate. And in fact, our trans, trans male community kind of just left because of the amount of trans women there. Now, I think that's, it causes pain for trans women because then they feel like they can't participate because they can't be there because then trans men feel like they can't. So there's a lot of problems with both sides of that argument, but it is a real problem that trans men don't get real representation in our community that much because they're just not as large of a part of it and trans women have just dominated the conversation for so long. Um, this also leads to a problem that kind of benefits the trans community in the sense that trans people against trans people often forget that trans men exist. Yep. So, uh, for example, you often see conservatives who push, you know, legislation against trans people like bathroom bills say, well, we don't want men in the women's restroom referring to trans women, uh, proceeding to forget that there are very many manly men who would be pushed into the women's restroom for that very same bill. Yep. And there was a, I can't remember his last name. I think his first name was Chris. Uh, that went around the time that this first bill, the very first round of the bills came out, uh, specifically taking photos of himself inside women's restroom saying, I don't belong here. And yeah. That was, that was one of my favorite little protests to be like, hey, you're fucking forgetting about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I also really liked, uh, there was another trans woman who I was very attractive, like, post-breast augmentation, post-SRS, post all the surgeries. And she was like, well, I'm going to go use the, the men's restroom. And so she would take pictures with big burly guys in the men's restroom. And she's oh like, gosh. she looks fucking fabulous in a thin red dress. And it's like, yep, this is what you're doing. Um, but that stereotype is often, the way that I mean that stereotype of trans men don't exist can in some ways benefit the community is it's really easy to tear down an argument of saying we don't want men in women's restrooms by saying, well, you are literally putting men in women's restrooms. That yep. is literally what you are doing. Yep. Um, and so in that sense, but overall it is definitely a net harm to the trans community that that stereotype exists, but that is an example. And in many ways, you know, there's also the stereotype that trans men have to be super manly. And again, like there's yep. a lot of gender uh, stereotypes rolled up in gender. If, if there is ever anything good that usually comes from stereotypes is that they are so stupidly superficial to tear down and show just how bad they are. <laughs> that is one nice thing. Although for people who thoroughly believe them, it can be very hard. That's why racism still exists. That's why a lot of just hate in general exists. Yep, for sure. Yay, stereotypes. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the kinds of stereotypes that are out there. So let's talk about our main topic. The main thing we want to discuss, is it okay to be a stereotype? You know, we've described a lot of things and maybe that's something that describes you. Maybe you're a trans man who loves being incredibly manly. Maybe that's a thing that you really enjoy. 
Is there anything wrong with that? No. Of course not. Like it, it's, it all comes down to what makes you happy. And if it makes you happy to do the manly thing, you are not some imposter for participating in it. If you don't like doing the stereotypical thing, you're not an imposter for not doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. So going along with this, is it okay to be a stereotype? What might make you think, what might be the, the questions that you'd, you'd ask yourself if you think, if your gut response to, is it okay to be a stereotype? If your gut response is, answer is no, what are some things that might make you think that way? For, you, you think about all the harm that a stereotype really does. Like, yeah. if I, I have dealt with this a lot in things like clothing choices and just different sorts of makeup tutorials and things like that. I, the question that I usually have to ask myself to make sure that I am doing this for me is, what am I getting out of this? And that has helped steer me in ways that I feel like I've been a lot more successful of finding exactly what it is that's for me. It's not that I'm a woman that I like following makeup tutorials, following hairstyling tutorials. It's because I like it. And I watch women's hair tutorials because, guess what? They're geared towards women. They are, I am literally the demographic who needs help with her hair. So, like, I'm, I'm doing that because I like it. And while, yes, that's a stereotype that women love hair tutorials and stuff, it's not because I'm a woman that I love it. It's because I like playing with my hair. Like, that's, that is the main drive behind stuff like that. Yeah. And I think going along with that lines, oftentimes it does feel like is, and I've, I've experienced this, like when I, you know, wear a super feminine dress, I'm like, there's that feeling of, am I going quote unquote too far? Am I doing too much? Am I either making myself seem fake or damaging the trans community by playing into stereotypes? And those are questions that go through my mind. And the mm -hmm. answer to both of those is no, you are only fake if you are pretending. If you are pretending to do something you're not, if you're like, oh God, I absolutely love makeup, and internally you're like, I fucking hate makeup, please God take this off, then yeah, I guess by the literal yeah. definition you are being, you are pretending. The, the journey of this transition from the very moment it begins to if you ever consider it done, I'm not sure I ever consider uh, this process to be done. It's all a thing of growing for me. Uh, it's, it's just a moment of figuring out your true self, and I feel like Everybody does that. We just have a lot of extra steps to get there at that point. Uh, and part of that journey is going to be questioning how you fulfill stereotypes. I feel like this is not solely applicable to trans people, and I feel like a lot of us forget that. That idea of, I am supposed to be this, so I'm going to do with this, and that is hard to deal with. And some people will be like, yeah, I love this, and it's fine. Like, my... I, I have cousins and family members that are big burly men that love to go out and do the wood shootings and the wood shootings. The wood shootings. Yeah, the wood chopping and the building and the shootings. And some of them got pushed into it because it's a stereotype for men to do that kind of stuff. And some of them do it because they fucking like it. And mm -hmm. it's it's hard to remember that this is not just a trans-specific issue, which I feel helps emphasize that point of, I'm faking it, I'm faking it, oh god, I'm faking it, I'm doing this because I'm trans. But yeah. you just need to realize, if you're liking it, that's all that matters. Absolutely. And going along with the second question, is it damaging to the trans community? No. No. It's not. And you might feel that way, you might feel like you have to show that you're different 
from the stereotype to, to make the trans community better. But what's going to make the trans community better and, and have more rights is trans people being out there as people. If you're pretending to be something you're not, then it's going to be, it's just going to be something that people can throw at you of saying you're, you're pretending. And yep. the best thing you can do for yourself and the trans community, if that's something you're worried about is just be happy in who you are, understand who you are, Try and figure it out if you don't know, but don't try and fake and pretend to be something you're not just because you think society will like it better. And if you aren't 100% sure on something, don't take that as a sign that it's for you or not for you at some point. Like, mm -hmm. take some real time to actually explore. Exploring's going to take some pitfalls here or there, and there's a learning process, period. It's, it's all just trying to figure out you. And a lot of us just take a long time to figure out you. Not you specifically. Take a ah. long time to figure yourself out. There you go. I've spent a very long time studying you. Yes, you, audience listener. Yes, yes you. you. Oh. I am very proud of you. You're excellent. You're going to do great. I, I believe in you, audience listener. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it, it took me, I guess, 26 years. I moved it and they moved it back. <laughs> It took me like 26 years to figure out even just the starts of who I was, and I can't expect to figure that out in a month's time. Uh, I will say that over a year into this, I feel like I've got a good grip, but not of who I'm going to be five years in the future. I just know what I like now, and I'm going to let that kind of guide me. And it's not based off of what society is expecting of me. I'm not going to buy a dress because I'm supposed to have a dress and wear a dress to this, or whatever. I'm going to buy a dress because I want one. I'm going to buy a dress because I like it. I like how it looks on me. Uh, I was going through, we, we just started recently exercising a little bit more, and I finally, I got a little bit of a break to where I had some spending money, and I could go and get some athletic clothes. And for the first time, I had to go through that experience of, I'm buying clothes I've never bought before. Mm -hmm. And I had to have that little stereotype talk of, Am I getting this because I think I should get it, or am I getting this because I want to get it? And by think, am I getting this outfit because it's what girls are supposed to wear to a gym? And that's a conversation you got to have with yourself if you are not experienced with it of, am I trying to fulfill a stereotype for other people, or am I getting something because I like it for me? And I, it finally came down to, like, I like this style. It looks good on me because of tangible reason in my head and I can reproduce these results and you know it's it's something I genuinely like and listen to whether it fit into whatever people expect a girl to wear to the gym I have no fucking idea <laughs> but it, it's what I want to wear to the gym and it makes me happy and I like it so I got it <laughs> absolutely that's that's above all else is what matters most so that's, is it okay to be a stereotype? Well, let's take the opposite approach. Is it okay to not be a stereotype? Completely. I don't fit into every fucking thing. I'm probably one of the girliest people out there, but even I still don't do whatever. <laughs> yep. And I think that's important as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and obviously you probably knew our answer going into that as yeah. soon as I said it. But <laughs> the reason I want to bring it up specifically is that's often a cause for dysphoria or concern about passing is... As a trans person, you feel like you're not being feminine enough or you're not being manly enough or whatever it is that you feel like you're not being enough of. And ultimately, what it boils down to is that doesn't matter. 
what matters again we keep coming back to this is are you happy but there is no such thing as feminine enough or manly enough or androgynous enough there's no such thing you are whatever makes you happy and i think the reason i want to bring that up explicitly is because it is such a a way that people hold themselves back mm -hmm. from transitioning if, it, if it's enough for you then it's enough yeah I find, like, I shared this previously, but I, you know, I very much tried to wear makeup because I thought I needed to. I, it took me a long time to say, I don't need to wear this, I can skip this, because I kept playing into that stereotype of I need to do this to pass. Yeah. And that's true of anything. You know, if, if you're, you know, a trans woman and you want to go rocking some, you know, men's jeans and a hot men's leather jacket go fucking nuts wear what you want to wear mm -hmm. it's all up to you and what makes you happy it's it's so hard to really have those kind of thoughts that uh, like it's it's a lot easier to tell yourself that and believe it and do it whenever it's yourself talking to yourself in your closet at the store alone it's a lot harder when somebody confronts you with that stuff in person so don't feel like all these negative emotions because of that pressure you'll face it if you have a special event and either you are not out or you are freshly out you might have people coming to you trying to put you in a certain stereotypes of you must wear this and it's not because of the event you know like it's formal wear so don't come in pajamas is different from it is a formal wear so you absolutely must wear a dress you can't wear any sort of suit pant or something like that that is not how that should work and it's a lot harder to say i'm gonna do what i want when you have other people telling you what you should fit into and that's it's okay to try and fail and struggle with that internally and that is something i kind of wish i had heard in my transition coming on is uh -huh. it's okay to have pushback and it's okay to push back against the pushback and it's okay to to in a sense give in whenever you feel you aren't strong enough to push back anymore now it's okay to give in meaning it's okay to have some setbacks as you are still figuring yourself out and that's not an encouragement to let others push you around that's just saying that if it happens to you it's okay you can do better again next time <laughs> because there are times where i gave in despite pushback and i felt like a complete imposter and failure for giving in to the other people's stereotypes where that's a little bit of the flip side of the coin of I was fulfilling a stereotype, which made me feel like I was faking it by not fulfilling what other people would do, which made it, and it was just the whole, it was a whole spiral of self, uh, self deprecation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard to manage. So it, it's okay to stumble and fall while dealing with this kind of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's finding yourself is a hard journey. We've talked about it a lot, that it is a hard journey. But it really is. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a lot of challenges like this where you try and understand, am I giving into a stereotype or am I just finding what I'm, ha what's, what I'm happiest at? Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to struggle with it, and that's okay, dear audience listener who we were addressing <laughs> earlier. You're going to struggle with it, and it's going to be fine. Where, you can nail this. this. This is probably off topic, but where do you feel those moments of where you kind of feel resurge again, if you even do at this point. You've been in this game longer than I have. <laughs> I have been. I've been in this game. Sorry for the car alarm in the back. Meep, 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 meep. Where do 
where I find myself breaking from or falling into stereotypes. I think the largest one is in how I dress on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's primarily because I am in a work environment that is business casual, which is a very kind of defined thing. Um, and there's room to play with that, but not a lot. And I tend to err on the side of caution. I prefer to look professional and stereotypical than not professional. <laughs> so I would say that's probably where I find myself falling into stereotypes the most. Um, and aside from that, I think it's where I break from it is definitely in my orientation. Cause again, we talked about that stereotype of mm-hmm. trans women are straight. I am decidedly not, I am pan. Um, but also like my hobbies, I break from the traditional stereotypical female hobbies. I'm not into yeah. makeup or doing hair or, I mean, I like those things, but I don't do those things. Mm-hmm. Like my big hobbies are video games and tech <laughs> and board games and cars. Are, are there any moments bit. where like you, you, you say you break from, you know where you break from, you know where you kind of fall in. Is there any moments where you're like going through of, I don't know, I've never considered that before. What do you mean? Like a, an example for me is shopping for makeup i like makeup but i find myself going like oh i was just like literally yesterday when i picked up some of my hormones i was looking at the nail polish selection they had and i had this idea of i don't even really know what to do here and it wasn't it was just brief it was just a moment and i was like what's what what do girls wear and it was like that but i realized for that split second I'm trying to find a stereotype that I can sneak into or whatever. And not to make me feel better, but to make me feel like other people will feel better about me. Yep. And like, those are the moments that I'm talking about of those where you catch yourself in that sort of, oh shit. (laughs) I had that exact moment twice recently that I can think of. Relatively recently. So the oldest one is actually when I shop for gym clothes. Uh, because I'd never gone to a gym as a woman. I'd been doing all my exercising in my apartment with the vibe. I'd never done any exercising out and about and so when i was finally like well i got a noise complaint because i was using the vibe so i need to go to i need to start P- going to the gym potentially that's a weird that was a weird noise complaint potentially while well, i was jumping fairly late at night so it's probably self-inflicted um but i was like okay i'm gonna go to the gym and to do that i need to get exercise clothes and then i was looking at exercise clothes and i was like and it's partially compounded by the fact that my gym is provided by my work so where I work, there is an exercising facility. So I was, I was, that was where I was planning to exercise on. It's a secure facility. You have to swipe into it with a badge. So I felt safe going there alone. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to go exercise uh, in the gym. And then I start looking at exercise clothes. And I'm like, is this appropriate to wear to a gym? <laughs> is this appropriate to wear to a work gym where I will encounter other coworkers? <laughs> I would never, like, for that very reason alone, I would never work for it. Not because the stereotypes, because I don't want to be sweaty and weird now that, by Carl from accounting, you know? Like, ah! I don't want, that's a weird, that's a boundary that is crossing, not for me. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Especially because none of my coworkers go to the gym there. Um, don't work gym! Yeah, I know, right? It's really free. But my company is fairly sizable at our location. So there's, okay. like, there's, like, a thousand people there. Okay, that's fair. So, I could see know, that. And it's not a big gym. Um, but yeah, that was definitely something where I was like, I don't fucking know what to do. What do I wear? What do I possibly get? Because like my old exercise clothes were like a t-shirt and some athletic shorts. That was what I exercised in. And it was fine. My old exercise clothes were nothing because I didn't exercise because it made me dysphoric. (laughs) Yay. 
but now I can actually go to the gym and feel good about myself. Yay! Yay. But yeah, so that was one where I struggled with, do I feel like I'm falling into stereotypes? I was worried, you know, am I getting something that's too girly? Mm -hmm. Am I getting something that's not girly enough? Am I getting something that's not going to look great on me? Am I getting something that's way too scandalous? Um, All of those things were going through my mind. I finally just settled on some pants and a tank top. (laughs) Uh, And it worked out, I think. I think I look pretty darn good in my exercise clothes, and I like exercising and I've been going to the gym for a while and heard no complaints, so we're good. Yeah. But this is interesting. That was a moment of dysphoria for me, where I was like, I don't know how to do this because I've never done this before. Yep. That's so a, yep. <laughs> I did struggle with that. So then, funny story, it was a few months later, and you know I'd been going to the gym for months now, wearing the same clothes, everything was normal, it was totally fine. And this woman walks up to me uh while i'm exercising on the treadmill and she comes up and she just kind of waves to get my attention because i have headphones in and i pull my headphones out definitely a cis woman i mean she might be trans but if she is trans she's passing fucking fabulously and two thumbs up she's i think she's cis um but either way she asked me it's like hey is there a dress code here i don't know if my exercise clothes are okay my brain was like (laughs) Why did you have dysphoria over this? You're not the only one who worries about your dress code at a fucking employee event. Like, it's fine. It's not dysphoria. It shouldn't be dysphoria-inducing, but it was. Yep. So that was funny. Uh, and then the second one was actually us shopping for eyeglasses. Yep. Um, because I'd, I'd shopped for eyeglasses in the past as a woman once, literally a month after I came out. But then I was still very much in the phase of, like, I don't know if I know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. very well. This was the first time where I was like, my style is defined. I know kind of what I'm looking for. I think I know what I want. I ended up, over the time that I had my last pair of glasses, I disliked how kind of manly they still made my face look Mm -hmm. when I had them on. And so I was like, okay, I think I know what I'm going for. Um, And then on top of the fact that we didn't really find, it took me a while to find a style that I liked. Um, I'm actually wearing the style that I found right now, and I'm quite fond of them. Um, but it took a long time and it was certainly dysphoria inducing to try on these glasses and be like, I don't fucking know if I'm getting feminine enough glasses. Oh God, what am I doing? Uh, and in that sense, I did end up playing into stereotypes because I have like what looks like the kind of traditional librarian glasses, I think. I just like librarian glasses, period. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're librarian glasses. I was, I thought when I got them, I remembered them being a little more cat's eye-ish, but You're they're cat's slightly eye. cat's eye-ish. Yeah. But anyway, I, I did in, in, in many ways fall into a stereotype. Uh, yeah. I got stereotypical librarian glasses for a woman, but it's fine. I like their style. They're cute. They're plum with pink. And they also have a little heart in cut out of one of the sides mm-hmm. that I'm quite fond of. So yeah, it's, it's nice. I like them. Yep. I, I've kind of felt that. Oh, uh, this is just very quick bonus. I have found a great way for tucking <laughs> for gym for not just gym i've Bonus used it is tucking tips it is it is good enough for the gym so it's really basically just wear a regular piece of underwear and then do your tuck there uh and i found out i was probably doing it wrong i was only stretching the uh noodle all the way to the back mm-hmm. but what I've, I've i don't know if wrong different i found a more successful way for me uh you put the you put the things in this place hold them there, and then stretch where they used to be all the way back first, and then you get the noodle. Uh, but after that, you pull up the underwear, and then, then, then you put on a gaff. Huh. And the combination of having the underwear there, first off, makes it way more comfortable. Holy shit. Uh, but also, if you 
pull up the gaff tight enough, it holds it in place and it gives you a very nice flat look. And I can wear uh, gym leggings and I I think it looks fine. You looked fabulous. Thank you. Like and then I granted I did some biking, which is not the most like I, I it's pretty like stretching of the crotchular areas crotchular areas but i also do some warm-up stretches and uh breakdown stretches too and it holds really well there i don't have any pinching and that was another thing that kind of made me a little dysphoric of am i stretching right (laughs) but that that was more of a am i stretching to make it look like i'm showing off my butt or am i just stretching (laughs) so what's funny is this is actually a stereotype i still struggle with i don't know what quote-unquote feminine workouts would be my brain has thought that phrase many times. Now, in some senses, it makes a little bit of sense because I want to develop muscles that are more like, like I want to make my butt look good and I want to make, like, you know, my legs look good and that kind of stuff. I don't want to get myself, you know, ripped biceps, bro. So, like, <laughs> in some sense, that makes sense, but it is still a stereotype of being like, am As I doing the right feminine exercises? The the research that I have, I had the same fear. Uh, this is... I'm a little more scared because I still have parts that are apparently working still. Uh, so that what I can find on every single board, every single research paper I can read is that as long as you're on hormones and they are the appropriate level, you're going to develop in the similar fashion that a cis woman would. Uh, if you have testosterone running, you could probably run and develop muscles more along those lines uh, more along the lines of those who have PCOS, which happens to be a condition where cis women develop a lot of testosterone production uh, in their system, and they get some beefier muscles and beefier bone structure as they grow up. So that, 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 what that kind of looking into has just kind of made me so much more accepting of that, going like, oh, high testosterone levels are things that even cis women deal with sometimes. Uh-huh. Cool. I feel way better about this now. Yeah. So... That's, that is, that was a nice little thing that has helped me with my gym dysphoria. Gym dysphoria? Yes. I know you're talking about G-Y-M, but I keep thinking you're saying J-I-M. I was thinking that too. Like <laughs> he's some, I don't know why, but it was a private investigator. Like he's got the little hat and everything. And oh my gosh. Name's dysphoria. Gym dysphoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Oh. All right. Well, I think that's everything that I wanted to have. I, I wanted to have to say, I wanted to have to wanted to say, that's everything I wanted to say on our topic today. Erin, is there anything you wanted to I, say? I think that is all my final closing thoughts. Uh, just the very last thing, if I could leave y'all with anything is don't, I, the best thing that was, that I did for myself was I stopped thinking about stereotypes and I try mm-hmm. to do this with literally every aspect of my life period. I don't, I, I do my best to avoid them like the fucking plague. And when I experience them and experience thinking like them, I do what I can to avoid it. And your quality of life improves so much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And of, I think I think that's what I want to leave as well, is if you are thinking, am I being stereotypically feminine enough? Am I being feminine enough? Am I being masculine enough? Am I being androgynous enough? If those thoughts are going through your brain, those are the wrong thoughts. Instead, put the good thoughts in your brain. The thoughts like, am I happy? Mm -hmm. Am I comfortable in this? Does this make me feel good? Those are the thoughts you want to be pursuing. Don't let your ability to pass be tied to whether you fit your predefined stereotypes. Yep. Yep. That's, that's it. So how about, how about a really silly thing? 
Well, actually, I'm going to throw this really silly thing back to you because it was your idea. Yeah. So what's our really silly thing today? Okay, so I mentioned this just very briefly. Uh, I've been diving a little bit more into programming. I've, I don't think I've really mentioned to it. This is a ongoing battle for like over a decade of me trying to learn how to program. Uh, just some basic stuff. Uh, but this is a... I originally bought this book. I say originally bought, not because I suddenly have pirated it or something, ah. but because the author has put it up on his website for free, and you can just go there. Not only this book, but pretty much every book he's ever written is now free to the public. And the website you can go check this stuff out to is called Automate the Boring Stuff. Automate the Boring Stuff dot com. Uh, the man is Al. I'm gonna mispronounce his name. I think it's Swigward. Swigard. It's hard to, hard to say. Uh, but automatetheboringstuff.com, you go there and it has lots of selections of books. It is specifically geared towards Python, mostly. I think he does have one or two books that are uh, Java. But it, it's mostly Python because it's a quick, easy language. And if I can understand it to the point where I can make some executable programs, then I promise you it's probably a lot easier than the other stuff I did because my previous CS uh, experience has been Java and C++ and I fucking hated them. Because <laughs> so. Java and C++ are ass to program in. You're yeah, a terrible they, starting They language. are really so much worse than Python. Uh, I, I can't stress this enough. It is such a wonderful resource. If you even have like, I want to program to like just I want a translator for my D&D game. I want a thing that will auto-generate a random spell or a random name. That is something that somebody who reads this book for like 10 minutes can learn to do. It is so, so nice and useful in so many different unique ways. I so recommend it. The dude also has a YouTube channel specifically uh, geared towards his Python, uh, Automate the Boring Stuff with Python, which is where the website gets this name, uh, series. But I think he's got some other tutorials here and there. He's done tons and tons of outside lectures about just general things you can do. Um, and a lot of these things do transfer over. I recommend Python. It's free, it's easy, but the stuff transfers over here, there, and everywhere. So, automatetheboringstuff.com by Al Swigard. And he's just a general friendly guy all around, and I recommend it. Hmm. Alright. Well, there we go. There's a really silly thing for this week. Aaron, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I love our trans siblings. Oh, I love our trans siblings, too. Well, with that, this has been Transistor Radio, broadcasting everything trans, a story that's for our network podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to talk about, please send us an email with TSR or Transistor Radio in the subject line to our email, which is staff at storythusfar.com. You can also contact us via Twitter, which is at story thus far, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash story thus far. And if you're like me and can't remember anything for more than 30 seconds, you can always head to www.storythusfar.com to find everything I just mentioned and even more great content. But anyway, that's it for this episode of Transistor Radio. We'll see you next time, but until then, it's time for us to end transmission. Bye! Bye. Okay, let's try it this time. Maybe yeah. it, maybe it won't fucking crash. Who knows? Maybe it won't. We can only Actually, I, I have an idea. What, what's your idea? To get a backup.
Oh, that's a good idea. How are we going to get it back up? Oh, are we going to use our other recorder? Fun fact, Aaron is an audiophile and we have multiple recording devices in this apartment. We have many recording devices. It's exciting. We have more than seven. Because we have my seven. <laughs> I have seven by myself. How many do you have? I guess if we're just including mics. Here's six in and of itself. Uh, Boom. Does this have a battery? See, on? Aaron's more of an audio nerd than I am, you I do. swear. See, you got a battery on. Aaron's an audio ner nerd who knows what she's talking about. I'm just an audio nerd. 